Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. I want to welcome you back to the program again this week and trust that you have been tuning in the last couple of weeks and enjoying this series that uh, I've been doing with my son. And uh, this is my oldest son, Jeremy, who is the pastor of Word That Frees in Winchester, Virginia. And uh, if you are in that area, you owe to yourself to go by a service and be with him. It's good to have you again with me on Always the program, Jeremy. And uh, uh, just the flow that we have sometimes. Actually, we started, you may or may not know this, but 10 years ago, we started doing television as a result of uh, him and I would sit on the porch and just talk. And my youngest son said, well, you guys need to just turn a camera on and let people listen to you talk. And so so uh, that kind of was what kind of spring, springboarded us into doing television. And here we are 10 years later. We've been on national TV for 10 years. Thanks to you, our partners, who have helped us to stay on. And let me say, because we've been running out of time, and I very hadn't got a chance to even hardly say that, but your partnership is really greatly valued. It's what helps us take the gospel around the world. And, uh, you know, especially during this time when we've been off the road, over half of our income comes as a result of traveling. And we have not traveled except one time in over two and a half months. So, uh, you know, if you like what you're hearing and you want to see it, stay on the air, we ask you to please consider, uh, you know, giving uh, an offering or sowing the seed into the ministry or, or becoming a monthly partner. Sometimes, you know, uh, my, one of, uh, my son said to me, uh, my son that's the producer of the program, he said, you know, sometimes I think people think that their monthly gift of 10 or $15 a month is so small, but that's really the staple of our ministry is our monthly partners that are 10, 15, 20, or churches that are $100 a month or whatever. And it's so easy to go there and set up a recurring debt. If you go to our website, uh, there's a place right there where you can give via credit card or PayPal, and you can set up a recurring debt if you'd like to. But we do need your help to do that to stay on the air. But it's been a great uh, joy to be able to share the gospel with you, the good news of the gospel. And it really is good news. In this series that we're doing, and again, by the way, you can go and watch anything that we have aired to date. It's archived on our YouTube channel. It's also on our podcast, and it's on an RSS feed. It's easy. Go to our website. There's a link in the upper right-hand corner to all of that where you can go back and view what we've been sharing uh, for 10 years, actually, but <laughs> especially in the last couple of weeks. But uh, it's been a joy to have you on. And Jeremy's been sharing a series uh, online with his uh, his church when he's been doing his live feed through Facebook. And he could tell you about their Facebook page where you can follow them. But he's been doing a series called The Words in Red. Powerful thought. And he's contrasting the fact that Jesus' words in red are sometimes directed to a certain audience because Jesus was made of a woman made under the law. And some of the things he says, he says to an audience under the law, and he talked about last week about the, the leper that was healed, and Jesus told him, go show yourself to the priest and offer the gifts and the sacrifices, and, you know, I think you had to kill a turtle dove and dip one of them in the blood of the other one and release yep. the other one, and you ought to be thankful that's not something you have to do these days. But what, I'm, what he's simply saying is, is that we take those words in red, and if we take them out of context, they can be truly detrimental. Yep. But they, he's showing the contrast, Jeremy's been showing the contrast between 
the Old and the New Covenant in the words in red. And with that being said, I'm going to let him jump back in and talk about the things he's been sharing. He can tell you even about uh, where you can follow them on Facebook. But it's good to have you back on the program, and this is some good stuff I think we've been sharing. So It's always good. Uh, you know, we, we just have our Facebook. We've been doing, you know, again, we're in the middle of the, uh, are coming toward the end of, of the lockdown and, and quarantine. Uh, but so we've been doing, we've been forced to, again, leave our building. And like a lot of churches and pastors. Thank God you know somebody that's got a TV studio, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> and, uh, and we do. We want to say a special thank you to your to you guys for allowing us. We've been able to use your Studio B for our live stream during this time. So we are very thankful for that. And uh, we appreciate that. Uh, you can go back and listen to our teachings on our Facebook page. We have them archived. It's Word to Freeze. And just look up Word to Freeze. You should come come across us pretty easy with that. And uh, just uh, hit like, subscribe, whatever. You can go and look at all of our archived stuff that we've been doing. We've been doing this study on the words in red since this thing started. Just We just started the study while it was going. And it's been great because we've had a lot of people that have kind of tuned in that are not, uh, at least not uh, our church people and stuff, and watching and, and, and enjoying. So this has been great. Uh, but we said from the beginning we've been looking at, uh, you know, the Jesus, when we look at the words in red, you have to look at the audience and who he's talking to, understand that there are that there are people that he's talking to, uh, the context of that, and uh, the audience relevance of those things. Um, because there was, there's a reason why in, in this different settings that he was doing, you know, every miracle that Jesus did is different. It's never done the same way. It's not a formula. But a lot of times it had some kind of significance to it in some way where it was, you know, or uh, there was a reason why he did it that way. Um, we were talking last week about this, uh, uh, in this Luke chapter 5, we talked about, you know, he starts out, and it's a contrast between Old and New Covenant. And that, and to me, at least, that's what's been really popping out to me over the last couple of weeks I've been teaching it. Starts out, there's two ships. And he enters into one of the ships and, and begins to preach. And all of a sudden, they, you know, they were, he tells them, go out and drop, drop your nets out in the deep. And they're saying, you know what, we've been toiling, we've been working all night. We ain't caught nothing. But because you asked us, we'll go out. Well, they drop their nets. It takes two ships to bring in, and they're sinking the ships with the, with the amount of fish they brought in. Yeah. Speaks to me of the old covenant. You worked and toiled. You didn't, you didn't hardly catch nothing. You know, it didn't work. Yep. Under the new covenant, you just simply live by, you, you simply live by that voice of the Holy Spirit that says, do this now. And then again, hold on. Let me just say it like this. Jesus said, go drop your nets. It was something that was happening in that moment. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, sometimes we have made formulas, and the formulas make us work and toil, just like Old Covenant. But there is a voice of the Holy Spirit that's in every one of us that's speaking right now that begins to say something in the moments that causes change to happen that's significant. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I, I think that one of the things we've done in Christianity is make it about formulas, and a lot of them are Old Covenant formulas. Yeah. And we're working, even for pastors, they're working, they're laboring, they're doing all this stuff because that's what so-and-so did, and that's how that was done, that's how that revival worked, and this, and this is what we're looking for, rather than for the moment of what Christ is speaking in our hearts right now, you know, and being obedient to that right now, because I'm telling you, if you begin, and if we stop working on the formulas and start listening to this voice right now, 
I think we'll see such a harvest and such a, uh, uh, an incredible impact in the world just simply by listening to what God's telling us. And listen, here's the thing, too. Sometimes pastors live by the formulas of what some other pastor's doing. Yep. And it won't work in your town. Yep, yep. And it's not meant to work in yep, your town. Yep. The culture's completely different. The, the culture's changing. Yep. And, 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 and the culture is, is always changing. And that's why it's important that we don't just live by some formula that somebody built and we start living by this voice of when Jesus says, go, go drop your net in the deep. Go see what happens, you know, or, or whatever it is the Lord speaks to us in our hearts in those moments. That's just a context of the scripture. But, you know, maybe he says to you, go down in the middle of town and do something. Get involved in this program. Get involved you know, in, in, in your government. Maybe that's what the Lord begins to speak to you. And in that moment, if you listen to that voice and begin to be obedient to it, you might see a complete yeah. turnaround. You know, sometimes we're working and we're frustrated because our churches ain't growing or they're not working. And, and because we're trying to live by a formula rather than what's God saying right now that might be the thing my town needs or my community needs or my culture needs at this time. And so it's listening to that voice. It might even be the thing that thrusts you into the direction of where you're actually headed. I was thinking mm -hmm. while you were saying that, just to jump in for mm -hmm. a moment, while you were saying that, first of all, if I'd fished all night and didn't catch no fish, and then Stu tells me to go cast my net and I catch a big bunch of fish, I'm going to say, you got my attention. Yeah. But secondly, probably behind this somewhat is provision for the for, for, for the, the purpose yeah. that's come ahead. In other words, they brought in two mega ships full of fish, which may have financed them for a long time while they're in ministry. Yeah, because so they were so, able to so leave their So your provision their, may be connected <laughs> to your purpose. Absolutely, because they were able to leave their boats and follow Jesus. Yeah. You know, they left everything. I mean, some, <laughs> yeah, if you don't just, you don't leave your livelihood yeah. and your business if something don't happen here, but you know, but yeah, I just absolutely. I just want to say that, that, that yeah, you know, yeah. is that your, your provision may be connected to your purpose and to yep. you listening to that voice in that moment. One significant moment. Yep. One person you meet, one person that gets saved in your church, one family that comes, you can change the dynamics of everything, you know. And even finding your happiness and passion yeah, in yeah. the middle of it, you know. Uh, but he, anyway, so he goes into that, that, that you know, so there's two ships they bring in, and we're talking about the context of the Old Covenant, New Covenant. He goes then after he's, he, he's you know, they, he says to Peter and, and James and John, follow me, you know, I'll make you fishers of men. Comes to a guy that's uh, got leprosy, and the guy says to him, Lord, if you're willing, you know, you can, you can heal me. And we talked about that last week. Um, but he's, you know, again, in that, in that culture, because he had leprosy, it was considered a curse, and it was considered unclean. He had to live outside the camp. He just happened to, Jesus just happened to pass by, and he has a chance encounter, and, and, and Jesus heals him. But he says to this guy, because there is, again, there's always a reason why Jesus is doing something. He's speaking to an old covenant mindset, and he says, you've got to go present yourself to the priest and do everything that's required. And we talked about how, and it's from uh, the requirements for declaring somebody unclean is from Leviticus 14. If if somebody went to go and look and see what that's all entails, because it's I mean there's a lot of stuff, a lot of details, a lot of details into what all he had to do and rigmarole he had to go through. Kill but, a dove, dip it in blood, dub, make a sacrifice, do, shave your body. If you we get, stayed with the words in red right now, we'd be arrested probably, yeah, right? If we yeah, had absolutely. to go kill birds and <laughs> dip them in blood, they'd think we was in witchcraft. But go ahead. Uh, but then he comes and he's preaching in another. He's preaching in another venue, 
uh, just a couple verses down in, Matt, in Luke 5. And uh, he's preaching, and there's the fame of him has gone out. And so there's scribes and Pharisees and, and all kinds of religious people that are sitting in this, this setting. But the room is full. But there's a man that's got, he's got palsy. Mm-hmm. And he's got it so bad, he's, he's bedridden. But he's got four friends that are determined that if I can get him to Jesus, this guy's going to be healed. They're friends of this guy. Yeah. And so they, you know, they're trying to get into the room, you know, and all the stuff. And what's funny is, is that the room is full. Here's a guy that's got a need, and he's trying. He's got friends that are trying to get him to Jesus, but the room is full of religious people that are mad when the healing actually takes place. You just got them guys out of the room. The people that might have had some real need and wanted to get to Jesus might have been able to get there, but that's another story. But they get, they're so determined to get him to Jesus that they open up the roof, lower him down. Jesus sees their faith and says, your, because of your faith, your sins are forgiven. Well, they're mad. You know, of course, the religious people, they're mad because he doesn't just say, then okay if he just said he's healed, but no man can forgive sins. Yeah. Jesus says to him, well, you know, just to prove to you that I'm able to forgive sins, rise, take up your bed and walk. The guy gets up and leaves significance to me of this contrast of old and new covenant though is that the first guy who comes from an old covenant mindset the guy with leprosy is by himself he just happens to have a chance encounter but there are but in this in the second one this guy with the jesus and and so you know but he's under again this guy's under a jewish law and he has to fulfill all this ritual that Jesus wants him to fulfill, and, or that the priest require in order mm-hmm. for him to be declared clean. Not necessarily because God, Jesus wants that, but that's what the, that's what's the law required. That's it. what's required under, under the law, that covenant. Under that covenant. But he's by, He's been by himself. He's been out by himself. You know that this man that had leprosy, he'd been out by himself. He has no contact. I, we said last time we were. I, I don't know how in the world he was able to come up with the doves and the. In the in the and all the sacrifices and all the stuff that was required because the guy has been ostracized, he's not able to work, he's not able to provide, you know, he's he's out here, but yet he's got to do these things in order, you know, to to be declared. Just some, I mean, he's already healed, but he's got to do this just to be determined that this is that I'm healed. That's yeah. that's old covenant, man. Yeah. That's the difference between the old covenant is that you've always got to do one more thing. Yep. You know, and it's not enough. even, and it ain't even sometimes, even religion. Sometimes it ain't even connected to your salvation or your, your blessing. It's just the requirements of what somebody told us. You know, and that's what's happened with this guy. But he's been, but but the significance to me is he's by himself. But in a new covenant setting, here's a guy that he's bedridden. He can't get himself in front of Jesus to get healed. But he's got some friends. That's going to. That's determined that we're going to do whatever we can. And that, to me, I begin to see a contrast from a new covenant. It's the old covenant, not religious system. And I know this from a, even from people who have grown up in real legalistic religion that we've had come. You know, our church really is a church that's been people that's been hurt by church, didn't really want to go back to anything, but thought, well, I'll just give it one more try and found the place they were looking for. They found the Jesus, really, that was in their heart. But what, happened, what I've seen with most of those people that have left that, they've been, they were ostracized, one, from their community of faith. You know, if they leave that church, you know, anybody that's ever kind of left a church, 
sometimes you get ostracized mm-hmm. from it, and you know you ain't welcome back. And everybody in that church is talking about you because, you know, you you went down to this church down the street or something. And and, and it's almost like you have to be that. You almost feel like I'm unclean, and then you don't want to have any kind of connection with people because you don't want to have that kind of same hurt again. Yeah. You know, you don't want to have you know people kind of withdraw from. Uh, you know anybody that's in church, even if they go to another church, sometimes they don't get involved in the things anymore because they just don't want to. They don't want that connection. They can leave here if they have to. If this, if I start to feel that same hurt, and I think that's kind of where this man with leprosy is. He's out here by himself, and nobody wants to embrace him. But in the new covenant, in in a new covenant, the new covenant, you're not ostracized for having some kind of disability yeah. or something that's got where you can't get. Sometimes you know. Here's can't guy, help yourself. He can't help himself. He can't get there. He's yeah. got it so bad he's bedridden. Yeah. But the new covenant, a new covenant mindset, a new covenant uh, type of people will do whatever they can to get you to the place yeah. that's going to bring your healing. And even in the midst of what, you know, sometimes people don't go to church because they're afraid of all the, well, you know, the church is full of religious people. They ain't going to accept me. They ain't going to love me. They're going to talk bad about me. Here's this guy in the midst of all these people that's about to going to even judge his healing. Yeah. But the new covenant mindset of real new covenant people is that even in the midst of that, we're going to get you to Jesus. Yeah. And we're not even going to worry about what they say about your healing because who cares what they say about your healing anyway? Yeah. Who cares what they say about your experience with Jesus? Yeah. Who cares when you walk out of that room? You might have went into that room so disabil- disabled, unable to help yourself. Yep. But a new covenant people want to get you to Jesus, whatever it takes. Those people in that room were probably more crippled in spiritually than this man physically was. You yep. Know? But and they and they're going to sit there. They're going to stay in the same condition. Yeah, and they're going to judge. I mean, they're yeah. going to ju- even if Jesus would have said you're healed, they still would have judged this guy because then they would have thought, well, you know, because he probably was supposed to do some kind of ritual as well to declare himself healed, you know, according to their law, according to their their traditions. Jesus requires nothing of him. Just take your bed, go to your house. They're going to sit here and judge your healing all day. But the thing is, what does it matter to you? You're going back to your household. Yeah. You know, and the, I, I began to see a contrast between that old covenant and the new covenant was that under an old covenant system, and even sometimes, and see, like we've been talking, there can be old covenant and new covenant mindsets, even in our own churches and in our own selves. New old covenant, you're always by yourself. You're always ostracized. You don't want to be around people because you feel like I'm so... There's something so wrong with me that I don't want people to see what's really wrong with me. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about leprosy. I mean, body parts start falling off after yeah. a while. You know, I don't want to be around. The smell of it. The, the stench. Smell, the stench. Yeah. The, you know, uh, he can't. He can't be around things that yeah. even get himself clean or. Yeah. Are, the embarrassment you know, of all that. Yeah. You're begging again. You can't. He couldn't work. He's probably begging just to try to get some food and and, and this and that and the embarrassment of that, but. He can't even get around people. He can't be around them. And sometimes even in religion, sometimes we're afraid to be around people because we're afraid they're going to be looking at what's wrong with us and judging us. That even, Sometimes I think it becomes, those things become the disability that, that crippled us. Crippled us, and, and, and we can't get to Jesus. And, 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 and it seems like Jesus sometimes yeah. is so surrounded by the, the, the religious yeah. people and the people that are going to talk about our condition 
that we can't even get to him. But yep. I think what's happening again, there's a culture shift. There's there's a real revolution that's taking place in this moment where there's some people. I talk a lot in our church about repentance. And to me, repentance isn't that I just got down. And there's a component to that of getting down and asking God to forgive me and come into my heart. But every week I tell my people, I want you to have a repentance. And I don't need them to get on the floor and boo-hoo and cry. It's the Greek word metanoia. It means to have a mind change. And I want people to have a mind change when they begin to see the gospel. When you, again, you talked about re-representing him or re-showing who he really is. Showing Jesus for what he really is. I want people to have a mind change to see him. Again, I think there's a lot of people that don't step foot in our buildings. That sometimes maybe can't get there yep. themselves. Become disability, they become disabled by some condition or something. And they don't want to go because they're afraid of all the religious people that are surrounding Jesus that might judge them for what's wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Might even judge their healing and their conversion when it takes place. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's a people on the planet right now that's having some real repentance, some real change mind change. Thinking, yeah. They're like these four friends that are beginning to see a new covenant system that says, I don't care what it takes if we got to tear the roof off. Yeah. You know, maybe even in this time and this culture again, where we've been quarantined, where it's almost like God has had to tear the roof off yeah. the place so that he could get out yeah. here to some people that have can't get themselves to Jesus, has forced us preachers to get online, do things in a new way that we haven't been that we've not thought of doing before. Not necessarily that it's not we haven't done it before, but there's a, a, almost like a new urgency to begin to really preach the gospel in different avenues that are outside of our building. And I think what's happening is it's beginning to open up. There's some there's some people on the scene that's got some new covenant mindsets. So we're tearing off the roof. We just want to get Jesus to you. Yeah. If we could just simply begin to talk about Jesus and who he really is, without judgment of your condition, without judgment of what's happening, without judgment of how God encounters you and how you leave this place, just begin to preach Jesus to them and watch see what God does. It might just open up our minds and begin to really revolutionize who we are. You know, everybody's always talking about we need to see change in the world. We need to see change in the world. And we preach the world like it's, it's, it's lost and it's horrible. But, all it, but it, uh, to me, the world is only one, one gospel away from Reformation. Yeah, yeah. And when I say gospel, I don't mean just preaching. I'm talking about it's one encounter with Jesus away. Yeah. They just need to hear the real Jesus. Yeah. I think we we present a religion to the fact that we've ostracized people. And it's time we really begin to preach Jesus, this new covenant, what Jesus came to present. Yeah. That's really going to set people free, that they walk away, their sins are forgiven, and they're healed of their condition. Yeah. Again, this guy didn't leave the same way he came. Yeah. He was forgiven. Yeah. And he left in a new condition. His 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 disability was gone and he was able to walk out of that room and return to his house. And I think that's the gospel. We've we've even had people come, you know, in, in an old covenant system, we have people come in conditions and they leave in the same conditions. Yep. They're just trying to hide it better. Yeah. In a new covenant, you don't hide the condition, you come and God heals it. And yep. you don't, and it is not a cover up. You don't have to try to pretend. It is a real change that takes place where you're yep. able to take that bed up and walk. Yep. Sometimes it takes some people, some real friends that's got a mindset of new covenant, and it takes an encounter with Jesus. Yep. 
Well, I was thinking while you were, I was thinking while you're saying that that you know uh, I I did a message myself back a couple years ago called tear the roof off, and uh, you know what I did was I talked about how we have set ceilings to the house, where this is the limitations that we put on God, and a lot of them have come from old covenant paradigms. Yep. And uh, we we have put ceilings in the house. This man was born of four, and they said, listen whatever it takes to get to Jesus, we're going to get there. And I think there are people that are listening to us right now, and as I look at the camera and say this, that have felt like, I'd like to get to Jesus, but I'm not qualified. Yep. Uh, let your friends carry you. When you can't carry yourself, let your friends carry you. But let me just say this as well. We've got to be willing to tear up the ceiling of the house. Take, take the roof off. Blow the roof off the place, so to speak. Stop the limitations of an old covenant paradigm and get people to Jesus. And one of the things that I think happened in this story is Jesus says to him before he says, Rise, take up your bed and walk. He says, Thy sin be forgiven thee. And uh, then they, they, their, the carnal mind of these religious folks went out of the safety zone and they said, Who does this man think he is to forgive sin? Well, the new covenant, that's one your sins and iniquities I will remember no more. But I think one of the things that had crippled this guy was a sin consciousness that kept him so bound by all of his failures and all of his faults that he was completely crippled. And I believe it also set him up for faith because the first thing hits people, even in the midst of needing a miracle sometimes, is they don't think of how good God is or how powerful He is. They think about well, God will heal, but I don't know if He'll heal me because I've got yep. this in my life or that in my life. Listen, Jesus does that almost all the time. He'll say, Thy sin be forgiven thee, because the moment He removes your sin consciousness, it will set you up for a miracle. And I really believe that what, what's happening right now as people are watching us right now is that there are people watching that have felt crippled. You're, you've been emotionally crippled. You've been crippled by a religious system. You've not been able to get to Jesus seemingly because you think He won't accept you, but you're going to find out that the people that sat in that room were more crippled than the guy coming down through the roof. But there's a generation among us that's going to begin to tear the roof off, and we're going to get to Jesus. And I want you to, right where you're at right now, uh, just, just begin to realize that you're accepted in the Beloved. You know, you, 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 because you're, he was rejected so that you could be accepted. You've been reconciled to God. Even while you were yet a sinner, you were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Even more, you'll be saved by His life when you simply receive what He's already provided and given to you. I believe we're living in a season we're going to tear the roof off. We're going to remove all of the barriers, all of the thinking, and all of the stuff that has really kept us from being able to truly, truly get to Jesus. And I think that uh, as you reach out today, you know, I, I would especially say if you're in Northern Virginia, you're going to find a church just like that. But we've got churches all over the country that follow yeah. our ministry that we can help you plug into someplace where you'd be accepted. I don't care what your crippled state is, you're accepted and received. Jesus will receive you, and then He's the one that does the work. We're out of time, but we do need your help to be able to, of course, do this kind of stuff. We haven't traveled now for months, and so our financial needs are probably double what they normally are. And if you've been watching us for any reason, uh, any length of time, 
time. You know, and you know what we're about. Please get behind us so that we're able to maintain doing what we're doing. It's in the hands of the Lord and in the hands of faithful people. If you'd like to do that, you can go to our website and give via PayPal or credit card, and you can set up a recurring debit if you'd like to do it monthly or just give a one-time gift. You can also call the number on the screen and give, or you can send check or money order to the address that will come on the screen. Thank you for joining us. Join us again next week. God bless you.